Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, come on, let's put our hands together for King Jesus. All hail King Jesus. All hail the Savior of the world. Yeah, that's the, that's the appropriate response for a king. Hail King Jesus. Come on, we're celebrating the resurrected Savior today. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Wow. Well, happy Easter, everybody. Welcome to Verb Community. So grateful that you are worshiping with us in person, online. So excited to celebrate the linchpin of our Christian faith today, that death, hell, and the grave have been defeated. Jesus rose again three days later. He came up out of that grave so that we too can have life today. You may be seated. I want to make just one quick announcement before we jump into the rest of our service today. If you have young people with you today and they are in junior high, so if you're in junior high today, we have a special class for you this morning. Uh, And so if you didn't notice that coming in today, I want to give you the opportunity right now. You can go ahead and step out. We have our ushers and our staff waiting to receive you. Um, I'm excited because we are launching our junior high ministry right here at Verve Community in Riverside. And yeah, so, so thankful for Daniel and Amanda who have volunteered to lead this ministry. And um, I, I just get excited about reaching the next generation for Jesus. And I know, uh, I remember I grew up in the church and so I remember how pivotal that age was being in junior high and, and developing your own relationship with Jesus. And so I love that at Verve, we're making that a priority. So if you're in that age group, again, just feel free to step out and our staff there and they'll show you uh, your way to our classrooms. Well, uh, again, happy Easter. I'm excited to be celebrating with everybody today. A few weeks ago, um, we were in our staff meeting and we were talking about Easter Sunday. We were talking about a new series that we would begin to launch today. And in our discussion, um, the movie, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty came up. Anybody seen that movie? Secret Life, a few of you, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. And uh, it's, in case you haven't seen it, Ben Stiller, um, he's in it. He's like the main character. And, and um, he works at Life Magazine. What a coincidence. He works at Life Magazine where he develops photographs. Like what an exciting life, right? And he literally, that's what his whole job. They kind of put him back He's in the little cave in the building, him and one other guy, a really boring job. And he spends his days daydreaming about dramatic experiences and scenarios in which he's this hero. And so Walter Mitty, this movie came out in 2013 and I'm late to the party because I just recently seen it after hearing about it recently. But the movie actually, it goes back to like the 1930s. And there was an author by the name of James Thurber and he wrote a short story called the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. And, and the story was one of the most anthologized and well-known American short stories of the 20th century. In fact, as a result of its popularity, it was adapted into a movie. The one maybe some of you seen was in 2013, but actually the original movie goes back to 1947. And this movie, it caught on in the culture in those days. In fact, the term Walter Mitty it entered the cultural lexicon and actually started appearing in several English dictionaries as a term for, you ready? This is what Walter Mitty, it kind of was a phrase that was coined to define, to define a certain person. Here it is, you ready? It was a commonplace 
unadventurous person who, escape, who seeks to escape reality through daydreams. I think all of us have a little Walter Mitty, right? Have you ever been sitting at your desk and your job feels so boring or you're at home and life seems so boring? You just start daydreaming about the life that you always wanted to live, right? You escape, you try to seek to escape reality through. Well, if you've seen Walter Mitty, this is Ben Stiller. He spends all of his days dreaming about this life. Like he'll literally be in a conversation with somebody and he just checks out for a few seconds. And all of a sudden you start replaying all these amazing adventurous life. And he's this hero and all of it. And then he comes back to, and people are like, Walter, are you there, Walt? And I think the truth is that all of us have a little Walter Midian in us. There's evidence. In fact, I kind of geeked out after I heard about this movie. And there's evidence in old newspapers of this term. It began to be used actually frequently. And they would just use it to define these types of people. In fact, in a July 5th, 1953 issue, of the Washington DC's Evening Star. This is back when newspapers were popular. Uh, there was an article by a woman by the name of Josephine Lohman, and she entitled her article, Better Start, Dream Late, Than Never to Get It Going. And in it, this article, she talks about a man by the name of Luis Manard. And Luis Manard, um, he, he talks about how he got his singing career started. And she explains that he always wanted to sing, but instead he found himself working at an advertising agency. Some of you may be able to relate, right? Like you've got this, jade, this dream job, dream career that you've always wanted. And so imagine he's got this passion to sing. God's gifted him to sing. And he's imagined himself on stage in front of thousands of people. And he literally finds himself working at an advertising agency. And so she calls him a Walter Mitty. Later, in April 4th, 1962 issue of the same paper, there was a story about a local 11-year-old boy named Tommy. And Tommy broke his arm. And he was relegated, according to all the article, to being a Walter Mitty because of his injury. And I was thinking about all of us here today. How that many of us, we've probably been relegated in our life to being a Walter Mitty because of an injury in our life. Maybe it was you were injured as a child. Maybe you went through some sort of traumatic experience. Maybe it was a relationship that went wrong and you have suffered some injuries in your life that have paralyzed you. And, and today you're a Walter Mitty. You're not living the life that you always dreamed of and expected to experience. And because of some injury in your life, it's paralyzed you. And today you're a Walter. I mean, the sad fact is, is that many of us are Walter Mitty's. We experience the monotony of life and we fantasize about experiencing more, a life of adventure, of excitement, of happiness. There's a band called Kill Switch. Any Kill Switch fans here this morning? Yeah, a couple of you. And, and they got an album called Engage. And in this album, they have a song and it's called Alive or Just Breathing. Alive or just, and if you read the lyrics of the song, probably many of you would be able to relate to it because I think for many of us in alive or that are that are alive today that we're we're alive but we're barely we're barely breathing. We're not really experiencing life that we thought we would experience and embedded in each and every one of us is this pursuit of life, of happiness, of experience, of adventure. In fact, the Declaration of Independence, one of the original articles that was ever established uh, by our forefathers in our country, 
It says we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator, watch this, with certain unalienable rights. And that among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our forefathers realized that the desire to be happy is this fundamental part of our human experience. So this desire, this pursuit of happiness, it can be seen in our founding documents. It's in our entertainment. Anybody seen The Pursuit of Happiness, the movie, Will Smith? He's gotten a lot of flack lately, but he had an incredible movie a few years ago, right? So we see it in our entertainment. We can, we can see it in our inter- everyday lives. It's, this, it's universally embedded inside of us. The problem is, is that for most of us, the pursuit of happiness is all we'll ever experience. We don't experience happiness itself. We don't experience adventure and excitement in our daily lives. In fact, the best most of us can do is just daydream. Try to escape the reality of our life by daydreaming every day about the possibility of what could be. And I want to pose to you today that I think part of the problem is that we're looking for what we want in all the wrong places. We're pursuing happiness. We're pursuing meaning and purpose and ultimately life. We're pursuing it in all the wrong places. Romans chapter eight, verse 20, the Bible actually confirms this idea that it's embedded inside all of humanity to pursue happiness, to pursue meaning, to pursue purpose, to pursue life. Romans says for the creation, I want you to understand, I want you to see this today, that we've actually been created this way. For the creation was subjected to futility. That word futility just means pointless, uselessness. Anybody ever felt like their life was just pointless? Anybody ever felt like that? Like, you know, if you think about life, in the grand scheme of things, you're here for really just a short period of time and then life is over and you're gone. And almost at times it can seem pointless. Did you know that we were created, another version of this text says, we were created subject to frustration with life. And so I want you to know if you've experienced that, you're normal. You're just like everybody else. In fact, God created us that way. And he did so, watch this, not willingly. It's not like we wake up every day and we're experiencing this frustration and futility because that's what we want. No, it's actually because of the one who subjected us also to hope. And so now the creation, every single one, as we look forward to the day when we'll join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. And so creation is broken because of sin. And we experience that in part through this feeling of inability to attain Happiness, even though we strive for it every day, we don't find it. And I want to pose that it's because we're looking for life in all the wrong places. And I know what you're thinking, Pastor Donnie, what does that have to do with Easter Sunday? Like we're celebrating the resurrected Savior today. Well, the truth is a few thousand years ago on this day that we are celebrating, a very similar situation happened that I think depicts what many of our lives look like. And watch this. In Luke chapter 24, it records the first resurrection Sunday, the first Easter Sunday. This is what happened. You ready? On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, women took spices that they had prepared and they went to the tomb. They found the stone was rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. We're celebrating today that Jesus is not here He's risen. We're celebrating the fact that the tomb is empty, that Jesus resurrected. God supernaturally raised Jesus from the dead, right? This is what we celebrate. But watch this. These women, watch what happened. 
while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women, they bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, watch this. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Now remember, this is three days. Jesus has been crucified. And these women, they've, they've come. They've come with spices. They've come with oils. In fact, this was tradition. They were going to prepare the body for its final burial. Now, Jesus had already told them, listen, I'm going to be dead but in three days, I'm coming back to life again. You're going to see this temple raised again. And I'm sure they probably believed that and they expected that. But whatever happened between the night that Jesus was crucified and the day that Jesus rose somewhere along the line, they allowed doubt to begin to erode away in their mind. And so they've come to a cemetery. They go to the grave to find Jesus who had told him that he's going to be alive, that he's not going to be there anymore. They were looking for a living person in a graveyard. Now, doesn't that sound crazy? Like of all the places they could have looked for Jesus that day, right? It's the last place that you would go to find somebody living. We have a cemetery right here outside of the church. And I promise you, nobody in their right mind visits that cemetery looking for somebody that is alive. And as crazy as that may seem that day, the truth is, every single one of us oftentimes find ourselves looking for life in all the wrong places. We look for life, real life, happiness, purpose, excitement, and eventually we look for it from things that really don't and can't offer the life that we are looking for. Recently, I was, I was reading a book. It's called Man's Search for Meaning. It's by a man by the name of Victor Frankl. Victor Frankl lived during the early 1900s and he was a Jewish man. In fact, in 1942, he and his family were sent off into the concentration camps by the Nazis. And Frankl began to observe the brutality and the degradation around him. And he theorized that those inmates who had some meaning in their lives were most likely to survive. In fact, you can read his book and he actually... He writes about this. He literally watched what seemed to separate those that were able to withhold and sustain their life throughout concentration camps were ones that had something to live for. And so after being liberated, he wrote this book. It was published originally in German under the title, A Psychologist Experience Experiences the Concentration Camp. Later, it was printed in English under the title, Man's Search for Me. And his whole thought was based on this idea that the primary motivation of an individual is the search for meaning in life. And he theorized that once you have meaning, then you can have real happiness, then you can have purpose, then you can have excitement, but not before you find meaning in life. And I think we look for meaning and purpose in things that really can't provide it in a lasting sense. Because these things that we try to find meaning and purpose in life, even them themselves are temporary. And today we're celebrating the fact that Jesus offers real life. Not, listen to me, not just eternal life, 
life that lasts. In fact, you have the opportunity today to receive Jesus in your life and begin to live eternally today, that you really never die. Today we get the opportunity because of our resurrected Savior to live eternal life. Not only does Jesus offer eternal life, he offers abundant life that in this life, in this temporary life that we are living, I'm here to tell you that the pursuit that you're on, the quest that you're on to find life, that you can find it today in Jesus, eternal life and abundant life in this life. Jesus, before he ever died and before he ever resurrected, he started to share this with people all around him. In fact, he started to draw crowds of people as people started to realize that this man has something different to offer. One day, Jesus, there's a story in the book of John and Jesus finds himself at a well, a place where they would draw water. And he's met that day by a woman and she's come at a particular time of the day when rarely people would come to get water. Typically, people would come to the well in the morning and they would gather water for their family for the day. But this happens to be in the middle of the day. Jesus comes to this well and there's a woman there. And the reason she's there in the middle of the day is because she's kind of the outcast of the society. She's a Samaritan woman. Number one, she has that going against her. She's a divorced woman. So she has that going against her. And and she finds herself at this well and she's there to draw water. And Jesus starts a conversation with her and Jesus begins to ask her to give him a drink of water. And she's like, why are you asking me for a drink of water? Jesus flips the, the script on her. He said, if you knew who I was, you would be asking me for water. And Jesus, he's, he's transitioning the conversation. Now, he's not just talking about regular water. Jesus, he knows this woman. He knows that just like each and every one of us, she's got this, this thirst inside of her, not just for water that can sustain her physically, but there's actually this soul searching inside her for, for water that can quench this eternal thirst that's inside of all of us. And so Jesus, now he starts to probe and he starts to talk to her about that type of thirst. And we pick it up in verse 13. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Now she knows the, the conversation has shifted. Can I tell you, this still rings true today. I think all of us could find ourselves in this conversation with Jesus today. And Jesus would tell us today that everybody that drinks this water, the water of this world, the water of temporary satisfaction, temporary happiness, temporary fulfillment. Jesus says that outside of me, any other place that you drink, you will thirst again. You know, because you've tried to quench the thirst inside of you. And if we're honest today, everything that we've tried has left us thirsty. And we tried different things in life. And this is what Jesus is really talking to the soul of this woman. He says, but whoever drinks of the water that I give them will never thirst. In fact, indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. Now, we're about to find out a little bit more about this woman. But this woman has been on a quest to find this kind of satisfaction. She has been on a quest all of her life to find water. And I don't mean just physical water, but water that would quench this eternal thirst that is inside of her. And so this woman, she just blurts out to Jesus. Watch. She says, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw. How many of us have said that before in our life after we've tried anything and everything to quench the thirst inside of us. I don't want to keep coming here again. And then watch Jesus. 
He's so brilliant the way that he communicates to people. He told her, okay, here's what I want you. I want you to go call your husband and then I want you to come back. And she answers Jesus. She says, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right. When you say you have no husband, in fact, the fact is, watch this, you have had five husbands. Some of you ladies are like, oh my God, that poor woman. I can barely handle the one that I got. This woman had, he said, you've had five husbands and the man you have now is not, see, Jesus, Jesus is, he's shining a light on the depths of who she is as a person. Now, I've heard this story referred to before and this poor woman, she's always gets a bad rap in the story. But if you think about it, think about it in the context of Jesus's day. If this woman had been through five husbands, number one, it was almost impossible for a woman to initiate divorce in those days. So one of two things are more than likely to have happened. Number one, this woman has had five different men that have discarded her. Or it's possible that five of the men in her life had died. That was really one of the only reasons you would get out of a relationship if you are a woman, either way, we can imagine because she's human that at least part of her was looking for things that we're all looking for in those relationships. And so just like she looked for it in those five husbands and didn't find it for whatever reason, I think there are at least five places that we look for life, five things that we marry ourselves to in pursuit of it and we don't find it. Number one, and I think all of you will be able to relate to at least one of these, is you're trying to quench this eternal thirst in your soul. Number one is relationships, right? How many of you thought if I could just get that boyfriend, right? If I could just land that girl, oh my God, like my life will be complete. In fact, Disney even tells us that when you get married, you live happily ever after. Okay. You hear that chuckling right now? That's all the married people in the building today. If I can just get married, I'm going to live like, is that not the furthest thing from the truth? You thought your life was bad when you, before you got married. When you get buried, everything is just magnified. All the problems in your life are just bigger. Now there's two of you with major life issues in your life. Two broken people. In fact, you know what we do? This is what happens in, in marriages. We, we really think that that partner is going to, we're going to live happily ever after. And they're going to quench this, this eternal thirst. And so we put all these expectations. This is what causes a lot of issues in marriages. We put all these expectations on our significant other. And then when they don't live up to think about all the pressure that we put on each other. And the truth is those relationships were never meant to feel the thirst, to quench the thirst that only Jesus can feel. So we marry ourselves literally to relationships, thinking that that will satisfy this. There's, for many of us, we, we look for it in money. We think if I could just get a little more money, if I, if I just had enough money to pay the bills and I had to worry about the bills every month, if I could just get to that point, then I would finally be happy. I would finally have what it's like to know what it's like to have like, or some of us, maybe you're dreaming even bigger and you see that beautiful mansion. If I had a yacht, right? Like you look on Instagram and you see the, some of these influencers and the life that they had, man, if I could just have that, if I could, if I could have that, then I would man, that would be happiness to me. The truth is that there's many people who have gotten all those things and they still didn't find what they're looking for. For some of us, we look for it in achievement. We think if I could do something to gain the recognition of other people, right? Maybe some of you were raised and 
and you were never affirmed as a child. No one ever recognized you and the successes as each stage of your life that you accomplished. And to this day, if you're honest, you're still looking for somebody to recognize you, to recognize your achievement, to recognize your accomplishment of life. And you are driven. Let's be honest. Some of us, we are driven. That's what drives you to achieve. Because you think if I can just get recognized by people, if people would finally recognize me for my achievements, then I would be able to find real life, meaning and purpose in life. There's been many people that have achieved great things and they've still been unhappy. For some of us, we look for happiness and life and power. We think, man, if I could just be an influencer, right? (laughs) With the rise of social media now, right? Everybody wants to be an influencer. I remember my son Drew. In fact, we were, I was at lunch yesterday, had all my nephews with me and my son Drew, he's 15 now, but he was, I think he was probably 10 or 11 years old, maybe a, a little bit younger uh, and so t- TikTok and Instagram had, had just come out and Drew, he opened up his own TikTok account. I still don't have TikTok. I just gave up on some social media, but Drew opened up a TikTok account. He would do these dances and, and, and my other nephews would come over. And the big thing was how many views can you get on TikTok? Some of his TikToks at that time, they were getting like over a thousand views. And, 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 and so yesterday we're at lunch and they, we were pulling up some of those old videos. And then yesterday, they, my nephews, they started making TikTok videos yesterday and they were comparing who's going to get the most views on their TikTok. And I know that sounds funny, but the truth is some of us today, we think we'll find meaning and purpose when we get to a place of influence, we get to a place of power. And so we're living our life. And, and, and the truth is there's a lot of people who have, who have achieved that. And it's, it's not all they thought it would be. And, and, and the fifth one, I think we could probably in some way relate to is we look for happiness and life and pleasure. Right? How many of you have ever thought, man, if I could just go out and experience that life, if I could go on that adventure, if I could take that vacation, right? If I could go into that scene, then truly I would find happiness. But the truth is physical pleasure doesn't last. And it cannot provide the ultimate fulfillment that we are looking to. Why? They are not living water. That's just regular water. It's superficial. It's not supernatural. And as a result, that doesn't really last. It won't ultimately quench your thirst. In fact, I want to tell you today, I want to boldly proclaim to you today that nothing in this natural world can quench the eternal thirst of your soul. That quest that has universally been embedded inside of each of every one of us to find purpose, to find meaning, to find really what life is all about. But I'm thankful today that that's not the end of the story, that through Jesus, we can, ex- this is why we're celebrating Easter Sunday. This is why we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus resurrected from the dead into eternal life. You know what that affords us? It affords us the opportunity that there is a life that is out there. You may have been daydreaming about it in the wrong place, but I'm here to tell you, there is a life. There is a water that can quench the eternal thirst of your soul. It is found in the supernatural resurrection of Jesus in your life. In fact, Paul writes it like this, and I want you to read this scripture very carefully with me. You ready? He says, our firm decision, watch this. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. I want to propose to you today that there is a place that you can live your life from. I don't know what you've centered your life around 
to up to this day. But Paul says, from, there's this decision that we work from this focus city. Ready? Here it is. This is that one man died for everyone. Paul says, I, everything in my life, it, it is all centered and focused around this one big decision. And that is that one man died for everyone. And that puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death. Watch this. So that everyone can also be included in his life. You ready for the life that I'm talking about today? It's a resurrection life. It is a life. You ready? You ready? Watch this. For all the Walter Mitty's out there, you ready? It is a life that is far better than people ever lived on their own. See, what we tried to do and failed, what we can never do, Jesus did it for us when he died and rose again. He gave us meaning. He gave us happiness. He gave us excitement. Jesus gave us real life. In fact, the only real life that is available today is through the supernatural resurrection. That of Jesus and that which Jesus brings about in our lives when we trust in him and we make a firm decision to live our lives with him as the focused center. I'm telling you, there is a life that just spills out of you when it's centered around this idea that Jesus died and rose again. Colossians 2 verse 10 says, and in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head of every power and authority. Okay, you ready for this? Everything that was lacking in our lives has been provided to us by Christ. I wonder if you were honest today, you would say there's some, something that's lacking in my life. There's something that's lacking in my life. The scripture tells us everything that was lacking, it's already been provided to us by Christ. Watch this. We can experience fullness. This, this is why we get so excited about Easter today. It's not that Jesus just gives you eternal life. Jesus gives you abundant life in this life. And all the Walter Mitty's that are out there today that are daydreaming about a life that you've never experienced, that life that you've always wanted, that life that if you could just have that life, it would bring you purpose, meaning, excitement, happiness. Can I tell you where it's found? It's found in Jesus. We can experience fullness through him and through the relationship with God he made possible by paying the price for our sins. I wanna ask you this morning, where are you looking for life? Where are you looking for life? Would you be honest with me this morning and say, for some of us, we're looking for life in all the wrong places. Are you looking for life among dead things? Are you looking for the effects of living water while just drinking regular water? What is it for you? Is it Is it relationships, money, achievement, power, pleasure? Because if we're honest, we all have a tendency to look for life in most of those places. But I wanna tell you, you need to stop looking for life there. Those things, can I be honest with you? They're just, they're a graveyard. And they can't give you the life that only Jesus can. And if you've never experienced the life that comes with knowing Jesus, I want you to know that you have not experienced life yet. I know that sounds bold, but it's the truth. If you have not experienced the life that comes through a relationship with God through Jesus, you haven't even begun to experience life yet. We're just all a bunch of Walter Mitty's. We're stuck in this boring life that God never intended it for us to have. We've all been created to this frustration, this fertility, 
this frustration of this passion to know life, purpose, and meaning. But God created us that way because he all subjected us to hope that one day Jesus would come into the world and he would make it possible to have a relationship, a personal relationship with God. And through that relationship, it would quench that eternal soul-searching thirst inside of all of us to find true life. I want you to stand with me this morning. I want to ask you again, I want you to be honest. Where are you looking for life? Close your eyes for just a minute. Take, just take a quick inventory. Where have you been pursuing life? Where have you been looking for life in all the wrong places? If you're here today and you've never experienced Jesus in your life, I've got some good news for you. Today, real life can begin for you. Today, you can start living the life that God originally intended for you to to live. Eternal life, abundant life. In fact, I just wanna do this real quick with, with with everybody who's got their heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you can be honest and say, Pastor Donnie, I've been searching for life in all the wrong places and they've left me empty. They have yet to quench this this eternal thirst that has been embedded inside of each of us. You're honest this morning. You can say, "I I want to start a new life with Jesus. I want that life that you're talking about, abundant life, a life of purpose, meaning, happiness, and excitement, the life that only comes through. If that's you today and you would like today to start living that life, I want you to raise your hand because I'm gonna pray over you this morning. Thank you, thank you. Just raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand high. Just be bold today. I wanna start a new, thank you. There you go. Just keep, keep your hand up. Thank you all over this building. I'm telling you, I believe that today, hear me, if you've got your hand raised, I want you to know today is your day. Today is Resurrection Sunday. I believe that today you're gonna experience your own resurrection. You are gonna come to life today through Jesus. So keep that hand raised right now. I want you to pray with me. Just pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for looking for life in all the wrong places. And I'm done looking in dead places for eternal life. Today, I am surrendering my life to you. I am receiving you into my life as Lord and Savior. Now, I want you to say this really loud with me. I want you to declare this. Say, I believe. Come on, say this loud. I believe that my life will never be the same from this day forward in Jesus' name. Can we put our hands together this morning and celebrate with those today that have made this prayer? So we literally believe today that you have just passed from death to life. Come on, so we're celebrating today because you're experiencing a life that only comes through Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want to ask, there's another group of people that I want to talk to just for a moment before we dismiss. If you're here today and maybe you've known Jesus before, but you've put Jesus kind of on the back burner. You know how we do that, tend to do that sometimes? We put Jesus on the back burner of our life and we forget about our relationship. I believe there's people here today that you're here today and you you felt the tug of the Father pulling you back into your relationship 
But you, you know, they say that you can only live three days without water. Three days. I was thinking about that. For some of us, it's been a lot longer than three days since we've drank from that well that Jesus offered. That our relationship, this thriving relationship, some of you it may have been days, maybe weeks, it may, have been it may be that you've never really spent any time with Jesus since last Easter. And if you're honest, you're looking around at your life today and it's depleted. Things are dying around you, it's lifeless. What if today you just decided, I can't live any longer without Jesus. Here's what I wanna do. Again, I want you to close your eyes just a moment. If you're here today and you just wanna renew your relationship with Jesus, you'd like to drink again from this well that Jesus offers of living water. I want you to raise your hands today as today is the day that you're gonna rededicate your life back to Jesus. Come on, just be honest. It's been a few days. It's been a few weeks. It's been a few months. Maybe it's been a few years for some of us. Father, today I'm asking you to receive us back into relationship with you through your son, Jesus. I'm asking God that we would drink again from the well of the eternal water that you offered into our life. Just pray this with me today, God. I'm committing my life back to you again. Today, I wanna drink from living water. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together for those today that have just recommitted their life back to Jesus? I know some of you, some of you today, you may be saying, this feels great, Pastor. I can't wait to get on this journey. What's, what's my next step look like? I wanna share, one, can I share one more thing with you? Because I wanna help some of you with just a practical next step of what it looks like to live out this true life that only is offered through Jesus. There's a scripture I gotta share with you. It's Romans 6, verse four, and it says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, watch this, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. I wanna give somebody today an opportunity. Maybe somebody just raised your hand and you just gave your life to Jesus for the first time. Or maybe you gave your life back to Jesus and you've never been baptized. Can I tell you, Easter is not meant to be just a day on the calendar that we celebrate. That's not, what, Easter is meant to be experienced. Did you hear me? It's not just a day we come in and we celebrate. Wow, look what Jesus did. Jesus, he defeated death, hell on the grave, and he rose again, this supernatural resurrection when God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. And I love that we're celebrating, but it wasn't meant to be just a celebration. Easter's meant to be an experience. And can I tell you how you really experienced Jesus? Some of you already did. You died today to the life that you were living and you gave your life to Jesus. You died out to your old life. Did you know that we also can partake in Jesus's death, burial and resurrection through baptism? This is so exciting. What an opportunity God gives us. In fact, the scripture says that if we're buried with Jesus in baptism, next week right here at Perth, we have our baptism Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> if you've ever been a part of baptism Sunday, you know how amazing it is because we literally take people and it's symbolic of Jesus when he went to the grave and we bury people in water, just like Jesus was buried in a grave. And we believe that when we are buried in that water, that we are buried into Christ. And the scripture says that just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the Father, we believe that when people are baptized and they die out to themselves, that God the Father, the same one that raised Jesus from the dead, he reaches down, and as you come up out that water, we're raised to new life in. What an opportunity! 
What an opportunity to experience Easter the same way that Jesus is. So I want to encourage you, if you're here today and you have never taken your next step in baptism, this is the next step on your faith journey. In fact, today we're going to bring our prayer partners up in just a moment. And as they do, if, if you raise your hand today to receive Christ, I want you to find one of our prayer partners. And I want you to tell them, I want to take that next step. I want to experience the full effect of Easter in my life. I want our prayer partners to come up now. And I'm going to ask our worship team to close us out in that beautiful song that they sang earlier. Here's what I want to do. If you're here today, and maybe you feel like your life is lifeless, it's dead, and you've been searching for life. We have people up in the front. Maybe you need prayer. Maybe, maybe there's some things in your life that you feel are dead, hopeless, lifeless, and you'd like somebody to come alongside you and pray with you and help breathe life, the life that only comes supernaturally, the resurrection. We believe this. We believe today is a resurrection opportunity.